One third of Canadian homeowners with a mortgage now have amortization periods of more than 30 years. Amortization is the full length that they spread your mortgage out over. Yeah, it basically says like, if I didn't change anything and I just went along with this, how long would it take me to pay off my mortgage? And now they are saying that people are over that and you're wondering, well, how is that possible? Because when you go into the bank, you can't sign for a 40 or a 50 year mortgage. But what happened was, as everyone knows with a fixed variable, that means your payment is fixed. You're saying, I will pay $2,600 for the length of this term, but you're still on a variable rate. So what that means is if the rate goes down, of your $2,600 payment, more of it is going to go towards the principal and less towards the interest. On the flip side, and what we're experiencing now is that as the interest rates go up, more of it's going towards interest and less is going towards principal. And we talked about it once before where you hit a what's called trigger rate. And that's where the interest rate's gone up so much that 100% of your payment is just servicing interest. When you start servicing more interest and less principal, that amortization gets extended. Now you're only paying $100 a month of principal. They have to add that extra payment period onto the back end of your mortgage. But the big no-no is that upon renewal of your term, so when your three years are up, you have to go back to your original 25-year yeah. amortization. So at this point, they might be at 36 years to pay it off at their current pace. But, but you can't get a 36-year mortgage. You can't get a 36-year mortgage. Yeah. So if you're paying two grand and now you have to brand all the way down to 25 years, your $2,000 payment's about to be $3,000 a month. Which you may not qualify for. Or simply just cannot afford. When, 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 when I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh. All right, yeah, so this is part two. This is Thursday, the Master Keys Podcast. I'm Chandler Halliburton. I'm Neil Andrino. Welcome we talk back. About real estate, yeah. Real estate investing, everything related to real estate, also the news. We cover a wide range of topics. We thank you for listening. As always, man, if you could like, share, and comment, you guys throw it up on your social media. It means a lot to us if you're appreciating the content. Please throw it up there. Share it with a friend. Really helps. Yes, exactly. And we appreciate when you guys say hi. That's been awesome. A bunch of you guys have done that recently. Uh, where yeah, some guy got us. a picture of me uh, with me at, at Choppers. I told you this, right? Shout out, you did. Yeah, Shout yeah. Out. That's cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate uh, that guy. I didn't catch his name. So today we're going to be talking about something that I commented on in Monday's episode, which was that 30%, by the time we're talking about this, probably like 40% oh my God. of mortgages are over a 30-year end. Erroneous. Erroneous and on all counts. I got this information uh, sent to me by I'm somebody in like a, uh, an alleyway, like, Psst, hey, want, mo <laughs> want mortgage tax? That a guy that works at a bank, a very prominent bank, um, and Chandler immediately almost swerved his car off the road. Mortgage over there. <laughs> <laughs> Chandler was on the road while I called him talking about this, and he immediately slammed on the brakes <clears> and said I was full of crap and that all the stats are a lie. So we're going to get into that. I want to talk about what we think is going on, what it really means. And if you should be sweating bullets, as always, I've been sweating bullets now for the whole two years we've been recording this thing. Yeah, he's changed his shirt twice since we've been here. Yeah, so we're going to jump into that. Before <coughs> we do, though, we have our key player of the week. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys have seen or used the website called WAWA, W-O-W-A. But the CEO and founder, Dr. Hanif Bayat, I'm good chance I butchered that. But he is our key player of the week. He has a PhD in computational chemical physics. Nerd. <laughs> just kidding. And he spent six years working as a quantitative analyst at BMO and RBC. Okay. The man's a genius. That guy doesn't believe your stats either, for sure. He provided me my stats. No, he yeah, didn't. Right. But anyways, he had an online marketing company prior to this, but he then started WOWA because he felt that the real estate industry was not transparent. And what WOWA has predominantly is expenses. And so they show you all the mortgage breakdowns, the costs, you can input all of your information and they make a really oh. clear and concise place for you cool. to, to get that information. And they've now 
transferred into what's called wow leads where they can match you up with realtors mortgage professionals being like look here's the information here's the data and here's a group of people that we stand behind to do it anyways i, I want to shout them out this week because i mm. love using the wow platform to to predict mortgages because a lot of basic mortgage calculators don't work as well in canada because we have cmhc insurance yep and he has all the cmhc pricing and costs built into their calculators for both residential and commercial. Does it have like um, utility expenses and everything as well? Yes, he also has, yeah. they have stuff for that as well. So anyways, I, cool. it's, it's a site that I use frequently um, and we will embed one day if we ever release our website as I slowly, slowly plug away uh -huh. at that. Um, but he is our key player of the week. And now we are going to get into. We got to get him on here. We got to we got to get him on. Yeah, we are going to give him a ringle dingle and uh, a ringle dingle. A ringle dingle. <laughs> we'll bring him out. Where did come from? <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> to the we, main. We're we're diving in this right away. Well, do you have anything you'd like to say? Um, no, no. Outside. I, I, I want to hear this. I want to. This guy's this. got a multicolored jacket on. Don't try to come at my fits. I mean, you come, I come at my fits all so the time. Hard. It's a little aggressive. It's like three suits in one, <laughs> which is good because it, you have so many options for shirts you could wear underneath. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to tell a really quick story now that I've made fun okay. of you for this. A little patchwork but ensemble. The, pretty much the very first time I laid my eyes on Chandler um, was oh, at God. a Remax event. Oh. It was the Christmas party 2018, which I think would have been my first Remax Christmas party. Gosh, okay. And I remember we're what at whatever wearing? hotel... And this guy, I think it was Casino, actually. And the dude okay. walks in, ginger-haired man. God, he sounds hot. I forget what you had on top. Maybe like a burgundy coat. Oh, I know but the your one. But pants, your pants had gold chains on them. Oh, I know that, too. Like, I mean, like, big gold chains oh my God. printed on your pants. And I was like, who the hell? <laughs> I think you had sneakers on, too. So you had sneakers, yeah, yeah, man, gold I know chains, this pants. I know that. <laughs> This is still in the in the roster, is it not? So here's the thing. I was probably around like, ooh, 2018. I was probably around like 180 then, right? So yeah. I don't know if I can still rock those those pants right now. Yeah. I'm getting my way back down there. Um, <laughs> shout out Aussie Fed. Slowly peeling the weight down. Uh, man, I got to find those pants. Those pants are fire. Here's the thing. <laughs> pants were not fire. Here's the thing. Okay. I'm going gonna, <laughs> to wear these pants on air and we'll let the viewers decide. Um, I, like, I... This may surprise you because I wear sweatshirts 90% of the time. But I, I like clothes. I like fashion. There's not a lot of good options for guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but as I'm breaking There's, out stuff from okay. the old wardrobe, that, that as, I, as I get a little less weight on me again, <laughs> I look back at some stuff like, woo, this is a little loud. <laughs> and the, what you're referring to is it's, it's a burgundy velvet. Sorry. Like almost My like bad. a velour um, sport coat. And I know the pants. Where did I get those pants? Those pants might be from like, is Zara Men a thing? Or Topshop Men? I, I don't know, I don't but know. if you're, like, check the camera. Yo, is that that? Let's see. It looks pretty goddamn close. That is that is actually a fair representation. I will not refute that. Well, well, they're out of stock. I wonder, they must be popular. Selling out left <laughs> and right, baby. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to bring, I got to find those pants. Those pants are fucking fire. Okay. Oh, I, I think uh, this is more like them. That is very close as well. Uh, actually, no, wait a second. I don't know. I have that in a shirt. I don't know if I have that in a pant. You might be misremembering. Was it the jacket that was this pattern? No, it might have been the shirt under a burgundy jacket. It was oh. a lot. There was a lot going it was a on. Lot. I just remember being like, who in the world? I'm, this is my first realtor party. And I was like, oh my God, what industry just have I joined? Just an obnoxious uh, attire is like 
tell me you're a real estate agent top producer without telling me you're a real estate agent <laughs> top producer. Just the most obnoxious fit head to toe. But man, I did have a really fly pair of pants, kind of like that too. All right, moving on from your pants. Um, we'll bring them on here. Man, all right, I got to find those. One third of Canadian homeowners with a mortgage now have amortization periods of more than 30 years. Before we as get, per the Toronto Star. Okay, before we get to debunking that. Yes. Explain what that means. Yes. So for those that are listening, amortization is the full length that they spread your mortgage out over. So when you borrow your $100,000 and you say, oh, I signed a three-year fixed contract, that's for those three years your interest rate is, is now fixed, but you're actually spreading the entire payment over 25 years for the principal. At the end of the three years, you're going to reset. You choose a new interest rate for the next section of the term. Yeah, it basically says like if I didn't change anything and I just went along with this, how long would it take me to pay off my mortgage? 25 years would be yeah. your amortization. In some cases, it might be a 30-year amortization. Or in some cases, you can do less, a 10, a 15, whatever. But that's how long that if you didn't change anything, you just made the same monthly payment over and over again, that's how long it would take to pay off the entirety of that mortgage. And now, <clears throat> they are saying that people are over that. And you're wondering, well, how is that possible? Because when you go into the bank, you can't sign for a 40 or a 50-year mortgage. Not anymore, no. But what happened was, as everyone knows, with a fixed variable... That means your payment is fixed. You're saying, I will pay $2,600 for the length of this term. So that could be a three-year term. Yeah, every single month, I want $2,600 uh, coming out of my account. And so what that means is, but you're still on a variable rate. So what that means is if the rate goes down of your $2,600 payment, more of it is going to go towards the principal and less towards the interest. On the flip side, and what we're experiencing now, is that as the interest rates go up, more of it's going towards interest and less is going towards principal. And we talked about it once before where you hit a what's called trigger rate. And that's where the interest rate's gone up so much that 100% of your payment is just servicing interest. And so mm -hmm. when they do yep. that, as that's happening, when, when you start servicing more interest and less principal, that amortization gets extended, right? Because if you think about it, if you were paying $500 a month, that's what you signed on at. And that was expected to pay it off in 25 <laughs> years. Yep. Now you're only paying $100 a month of principal. They have to add that extra payment period onto the back end of your mortgage. Mm -hmm. Now, they do this automatically. And so mortgages fluctuate in their length of time. But the big no-no, the exciting moment, is that upon renewal of your term, so when your three years are up, you have to go back to your original 25-year yeah. amortization. So at this point, if people have a renewal that's coming up on a fixed variable, they might be at 36 years to pay it off at their current pace. But, but you can't get a 36-year mortgage You can't get a 36-year mortgage. Yeah. So if you're paying two grand and now you have to brand all the way down to 25 years, your $2,000 payment's about to be $3,000 a month. Which you may not qualify for. Which you may not qualify for or simply just cannot afford. Yeah. Yeah, so... and. You know, they ask like, hey, is there any chance we could raise your payment up here because you're kind of getting behind the eight ball here and blah, 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 blah. And they're trying to nip um, it in the butt. And they were also offering these, you know, relatively high fixed rates where it's like, okay, right now you're at six and change, mm -hmm. but we can lock you in at this five, seven, five. And people, some people view that as good, but the reality is now you can go out there and get a normal fix for quite a bit less. Um, so they're trying to get people to lock into these higher things. And some of the people did. Because in a short-term solution, that's what they needed to do just to bring their actual payment down a bit and to start paying off equity again. Others didn't. Others are just riding out this thing, but you think there's a, a, an end date here that, that could be problematic. Um, so you're saying one-third of Canadian mortgages have look now reached the, the point. Look at the... 
Look, <clears throat> I said, don't shoot the messenger. I said this to you on the phone. You, read tried, the you tried to read shoot me through so the phone. So one third of people are making zero principal At CIBC, payments. the propor- proportion of mortgages with amortization periods longer than 30 years is 30%. At RBC, it's 25%. At BMO, it's more than 32%. And this was, this is as of this week, but... That is the current numbers that they're at. The other thing you can do as a consideration, and this is what they're calling people and trying to get them to do, is you can make a principal payment. That's right. the other option you can do. You can say, okay, well, you have to go back down 25 years. Your payment's going to go up 1000 bucks. Your other option is to flip down $50,000 onto this. I'm listening. To cover the additional equity that you need to pay off to keep your amortization low. He's pulling up some sort of stat here to throw down. I'm just waiting to see what he's got to say. Um <clears throat> Now, there's two there's two schools of thought. For me, obviously, being skeptical, I've been trying to find out if there is a maturity date. And they're not going to be a set date, but a, a certain period of time where a, a large quantity of mortgages mature, and it's going to put a lot of people in this position. Um, but on so that in my head, it's like okay, if a ton of people come up in this, then they're going to likely have to sell the property. If you have that, then you could have a flood of properties to the market. And like we've talked about before, it doesn't take that many properties for a month or two for inventory to spike and change the sentiment in the market, which can turn things around completely because a big part of it is sentiment. The other school of thought would be that, well, when the time comes up for a renewal, people have so much equity within their properties that they might have an opportunity to leverage some of that out to make the pay down on their current mortgage and right. do seconds and thirds. Yeah. And okay. so you do see a lot of people who do that, where they're like, oh, I got a HELOC and I was able to pay the mortgage down. And then the HELOC is, is, is debt serviced in a different manner that allows me to pull this off, right? And so then you see, oh, that's where alternative lending options come into play. And I think we've seen this a lot in Ontario before, um, but we haven't seen it in a lot of other markets. I'm what just, are you pulling up here? I'm just trying to find a, what is the percentage, like some sort of stat about how, what percentage of... This guy's um, trying to disprove this whole stat. Yeah, yeah. What percentage Wh- of people variable have? mortgages? I mean, at the absolute... I think it's around 50. No, at the absolute peak, the absolute peak of variable rates was 56%. Of, that's, that's new people opting in. That's new people getting mortgages. Not counting all the people that had... That sounds pretty close to what I just before. said. At the absolute peak. It's now, as of August of last year, it was already down to 44% of new money. So not only are yeah, you But saying, now everyone getting qualified hmm. back on, on, on variable because the rates are up. Yeah. That's how percentages work. Some people do one thing, other people do another thing, and it, it evolves over time. My point is, though, it's going to go back up. If you're down to 46, you're, you're hovering around 50% of the market. Of Only of new money. That's money that's come up in the last two, three years. But it would be indicative of how the market's been... Because we now have rates going up, people are taking variable. Rates are going down, people are taking variable. Point but what is, about is, all the people that have been in, in the other amount of people who've been in the same house for, you know... 20 years and still have a bit of a mortgage left. There's no well, way. Well, banks oftentimes suggest taking a variable. Not back then. I mean, most people were riding on the fixed. I just think that, that number's high. And C- then not only... CMHC no- says by a report on the country's mortgage industry that 53% of home buyers and loan renewers choose a variable mortgage. CMHC said that. As of when? That was... So The cheapers. 2022 numbers. <clears throat> okay. I'm telling so you, it's 50% 30, over 30% around. of them are making no principal payment. Effectively is the way to look at that. They're making no principal payment. Yeah. And this is my stress, but I'm just like, is hmm. there enough dough out there within an equity Jeepers. in the properties? But if the market, this is where I'm like, okay, if this hmm. sustains and the market peels off, what do you see happen? And we've talked about this before where, okay, we're short a couple hundred homes a month. And so it makes it put this pinch on, it makes it feel like a seller's market. But if you have a flood of a couple hundred homes for a 
two months, basically, people are mindsets are going to change immediately. Yeah, people do change their minds pretty quick because right now everyone's like, I don't know if you saw Toronto's up now. And Toronto's up. And if Toronto's up and Vancouver, you know, is going to fall, and then everyone's, oh, if it's up, but here, how? It's up here. But how? Where's the money? <clears throat> <sighs> Show me. Well, money. some of that's going to be seasonal, right? Because this time of year, more so family homes time trades, right? So there's, yeah. but even seasonally, just it was up a, a marginal, marginal amount um, month over Rates month. Rates haven't come down. Bit. Rates have come down a little bit. Rates not, have come down since when? Not. Rates have been steadily declining. though. I mean, I think there was a period of time there think, where the I, best I don't think fixed rate you get is five eighty-five, and now it's like four. You can get like a four-three right now, four-five on a five-year fixed. Yeah, four. Not not with the major banks, but yeah, yeah. No, bring them up, Neil. I'm bringing them up, no way. Four-three. It has to be CMHG insured. I don't know. It would have to be CMHG insured. Um. So, what do you think is going to happen? Do you have an answer to my question? Um. <clears throat> Let me think here. I think a lot of those people are going to now, as the fixed rates have come down, break those mortgages because those variable mortgages have very small penalties. What are you on about? I can't talk to you anymore. Oh, what? What? what yeah, the? they're in the forest. That's crazy. Oh, look no. who's selling houses currently in this exact moment. <laughs> TD, you can't, but like, yeah, it's all these secondary. Scotia's really high still. Um, TD, TD's a TD's little high. But man, like, so. You're like, oh, rates have come. Man, you can go out there, depending on the, the nature of the product and, and the, the property you're buying, get a low force. So you got to keep the money moving, I guess. That's um, psycho. They're but, literally taking a hit on these, on these mortgages to get people into them to keep the market alive. That's the thing. These banks are going to be taking a hit. You think these banks are just voluntarily taking a hit to what? Oh, to buoy up the people who are more at risk? Well, yeah, to keep the market alive, too. If you, if you sign a mortgage mm-hmm. with me right now, I'm going to take a hit on this first two-year term. Also, all those those terms are like one- and two-year terms. Yeah, which is what everyone's doing. Anyway. Well, and then they're like, we're going to get our money back in the next term. You think because the rates are going to go up next term? Well, maybe they can fundraise capital at a lower cost, and then they can actually put their spread back into it. I think if your conspiracy is accurate, it would be more so. They're like, okay, what it's we need to do... It's not conspiracy. It's business. No, no sorry. If, if you're, if it's you're, a loss leader. You've got to keep the money flowing. Uh, yeah, but I think, sorry, I think your justification is wrong. I think the reason they would do it is like, uh-oh. All these people over here are going to lose their shirt. We better create a market whereby they can sell their home and to get out yeah, of that yeah, bad exactly. debt. So let's lower interest rates on the people who might one day buy that underwater asset. That yeah. could that yeah, would that make a little bit more sense. I think they both um, apply. I think it's you got to keep the money moving, and I think it's continuing to grow market share. And then as well, I think that's also part of it is that they're trying to help protect the people that are in there that are going to lose their shirt. So these people who are on these variable rates that aren't making any principal payments, why would they not break that variable rate and opt into one of these fixed products? I mean, that might be the next play. Yeah, that's got to be coming down the pipe. But again, I still think like a lot of people bought homes when they were getting qualified at one point eight percent, and going into a four point four four percent interest rate. Right. That's the thing. It's like your oh, payment you're... is still going to be fifty to sixty percent higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good once you're in, but doesn't mean like like, like you, you may not qualify these... for your own home. Yeah, going yeah. a four point four four percent is not going to take their fifty year AM and make it feasible at twenty five years. Yeah. Like they'd have to go back down to two percent to be feasible to get into these properties. I think there's going to have to be some sort of credit calculation relief where in the same way that we had the stress test, well, no, technically they were qualified based on a stress test, which should now be within a fixed rate range. Because what were they stress testing at? Oh, it was like maybe two points over, maybe. Right, so you're maybe. getting variable. No, like, oh, yeah, but they still need to be a little bit lower. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're still higher than yeah. like, how many people signed that we know that were below 2%? I yeah. know a bazillion clients that signed under 2%. Yeah, and the stress test was only 200 points, and we went up 300, and we're now up 425 points, I think. But, yeah. Um, and you're also, it's really a, it's a short-term blip, because any of those longer, that was only for one-year terms, one- and two-year terms. 
Mm-hmm. So like you're kind of banking on the future being the solution, and the Bank of Canada is saying, yeah, we're not raising them again, but we're not necessarily dropping them anytime soon either. I mean, people must think that we just oscillate hilariously from boom and bust, but... Um, I've been pretty, the market... pretty set on this for like a long time now. I've been pretty adamant that something's going to give, because my other thing is I don't think people can afford the homes or the rents. It's the same on both sides. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation that the Fed is actually going to continue to raise rates down the states, which is then going to put so much pressure on... We have to do it. ...on Canada to actually raise rates more, because the... While inflation is coming down, the job market is not softening at all. Um, and like, there's one thing like everyone wants a quote unquote soft landing, um, but we do need some sort of like economic slowdown to get things truly in line. And I'm a little bit concerned that Toronto is starting to run again because again, what happens to them affects us everywhere else. Even if we're not running as crazy, but you know, I was the one on here saying like the market's starting to bubble a little bit here, and it is. Like we're getting multiple offers, we're getting significantly over ask. Like there is a buzz right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, disagree. I'm just like I just don't know. Like I don't see the long game on it. <clears throat> well, this has kind of changed. Prices, my prices have to flatline yeah. or something. Like there's no, there's only so long that you can have that run up for. It like mostly cities don't make any sense to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like I, I was hopeful that the variable rate would start coming back down at the end of this year, like Q3, Q4. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. Like, so for anyone, like, you have to take that with a grain of salt, blah, blah, blah. We're not, you know, financial experts. Don't take this as advice. But, like, I'm beginning to think that the variable's not going to come down this year. I don't know that they're going to raise it. There's been some speculation now that they might raise it. In part, I think that has more to do with the Fed and currency values, like you've talked about a lot, than, than does the actual market. Um, I feel like but, they might do a little one, just to be like, guys, chill. Yeah. I think they might just continue. Well, because Even if this market keeps running, I think in the summertime, they're like, okay, we got to do a quarter point because people aren't listening. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, like, the people who are in the home with these existing variable products like, no, no, we're listening. We're not doing anything. Like, the new people are opting into these fixed rates. and But I'm, I mean, this are is Are people opting into fixed rates? Right now they I are. They, I guess they have to. They have no choice. They, uh, right now yeah. they are. Um, like, you'll have new money variable rate probably would be, I, I think it would almost be non-existent right now. Not exactly. Like he's walking in saying, "I'll take the take a variable right now." Like that's, I mean, a lot of people that are projecting that's gonna come down because like, well, we're at a high. Yeah, but like, I think you would take a one year fix right now because no one thinks it's gonna come down significant. It, it would have to come down two hundred points in the next twelve months mm-hmm. to be on par with the fix that you could probably get right now. Maybe, maybe well, it depends on the nature of the problem. Maybe maybe one hundred fifty points. Which like, if they start bringing this sucker down, they're not bringing it down more than a quarter point at a time, no, and they only need eight times a year. Right, so they probably only meet now like. I don't know, five more times this year, maybe only four more times this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the you're most they're bringing it down would be 125 year, points. It's not going to happen. The absolute most. Yeah, it's not so happen. like if you're at six and change, 125 points down, you're at five and change or five, still go out there and get just the one you're fixed at four and something. So you're all in on this market still? Um, I think if we're talking about our housing prices going up in this moment, yeah. And I think they're going to continue to go up for the next little while. That's what I'm all in on. That's the reality. Like, what, what the people, you know, what's going to happen nine and 12 months from now? What's going to happen with the economy as a whole? Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know. Like, well, I, I think we I, have well, that's to what I, That's what I'm talking about. That, uh, I'm, yeah. because, I mean, yeah, right now, I agree. It's going gonna, it's gonna to run, but I don't know that it's justified. But I don't, like, it, what does that look like in a year from now? I think, like I've said kind of at the whole time, like, we are going to have to be plateaued here for a little while. 
And what happened was we went up, we reached our apex this time last year. Mm-hmm. We pulled back down. Now we're recovering where we're, you know, going to be, you know, we're going to find some equilibrium, probably just shy of what we were last year. And then we're going to ride along there plus or minus two or 3% for some period of time. I think we should, right? Because even the gains like in Toronto, I think are more month over month gains. They're not gains over where we were at the peak of last year, right? So, if, I mean, people can't see this. I'm using my hands here. Like, you know, we went up like this. We've come down. Call it a correction. Kind of looking like call. Elon Musk's starship. But, uh, but the, cor- the, the correction <laughs> is kind of bottoming out. It's finding support. Found support here a while ago. Yeah. And now it's kind of slowly working its way up so that if you extend the line out, it like you're going to take the blip out and it's going to look like a more natural crescendo and, and kind of plateauing here. And I think we might be in that situation for... So you don't see a big months. giant fall off at any point? You think we've already I, experienced I, that? I don't. Um, I mean, my God, like... Again, I'm going to be a little bit hyper-local here in our market. I don't see it. I could see there being another... I, I could see Toronto and Vancouver doing that exact same damn thing that they did before, which is up and back down again. What's going to give, though? Because, like, the same life that everyone got used to living just two, two years ago or a year ago, where they could buy a new car, buy a house, and eat the groceries they wanted to eat, they now can't do it. Yeah, but you talked just a few moments ago about like how short people's memories are. Like People forget about all that stuff. But those they don't forget because their neighbor still drives a brand new car. Well, it's two or three years old now, and they can't afford the payment, and they're going to get rid of and it. And when it comes to eating food, they're not going to forget. They're, like, they're not going to be like, oh, like, do you remember when I could have vegetables? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's not uh, something you forget no, because every single day... But, uh, you don't eat vegetables, but for everyone else... Oh, my God, I eat some vegetables. <laughs> potatoes don't count. Um, what about white so, <laughs> No, but like... Do you know what I mean? And, and and I think people are still kind of living that life. It's even like these. Like, we finance our phones, effectively. And they're yeah, two grand like, a piece. What are you asking? Like, well, how are, like, are people not going to, like, what, you think they're just going to downgrade life and be fine? Everything's going to keep moving along? Because if they keep living the way that they're living. Oh, people are going to downgrade. Same with rents. It's like people, rents. You, you don't forget because the rents are now already up. Yeah, but people have already downgraded their life. Right? That's why we see this slowing inflation. Right, people have like that, man. Like the markets, like I see, like I'm, you found, still I'm looking see for a people, boat. You still see people going on trips right now the way we saw them going on trips during COVID. I Come feel on, like man. yes. Hell no. Every single Flight person prices are you insanely knew. expensive and the planes are all full. And every, my Instagram's still on they've fire. They've also with, hacked a bunch of, they've also, <laughs> your Instagram's on fire. Well, my Instagram. <laughs> my, my Instagram's Instagram, popping off with these downsides. Everyone's oh, no, story, man. they're in no. another place. It was not near the peak, man. Not, not near the peak. Like on the serve money days, people would take that serve money and just go, whoop. We're dipping. That was a little different. Like, but that was also, you could you could travel for cheap then. No, but I still see a ton of people traveling. No. And ticket prices are insane. I've 100% seen people changing a little bit. It's it's minutia. The, the challenge... I think, but I think I think it's a different demographic. Well, I yeah. I think your age little, group is probably a little smarter than my age group when it comes that, with financial knowledge. possibly true. I think um, they'll be like, oh shit, I have a kid and like we can't go negative on this month. Whereas I think a lot of my friends will be like, yeah, whatever. It's whatever. Mm. It's it's the fugazi. I still got money in the account. It's it's all it's good. I got a Christmas present coming or whatever it may be. Like, yeah. I'm saying my friends, but I think a lot of people in this age group. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make them say that they're stupid or anything like that. I just more like the idea that we haven't experienced a down a down period. I'm 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 guilty as charged. Like I've I spent You've aggressively. Only known good times. Yeah, you're talking I've about 2018 ever... was when you first saw me in my fly ass pants. Oh god. And, and like it's been up up since then. Yeah. Exactly. So I think our generation <laughs> only knows good times and so yeah. i think it's hard to mentally change like i when i still talk to my friends like everyone's still out shopping cars uh looking really? at trips yeah. like nothing seems to have changed well what'll break with them is 
Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Some, some car financing is like nine percent yeah. for used cars. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, but that that's going to have to be curved. I'm I'm already seeing it personally. But again, we might just roll in in different demographics. But I see that squeeze already happening. It's going to happen more. Um, I don't think there's going to be this whole big fire sale collapse. I just I just don't think there is. And whether that's by intervention or what, like it's just I don't see it happening. I think there's too much at stake. Um, like the car market hasn't fallen off yet. The boat market hasn't fallen the off. The car yet. market hasn't fallen. Plane off? market hasn't fallen. Car market's more slow. More available. It's definitely slowed. It's definitely slowed, and it's starting to come down. And like Tesla's lowered their prices a bunch. It's definitely slowed and coming down, but it's not like down, down. And prices. But this like, is what I'm telling you. It's going to slow, but it's not going to fall off. I don't get how that's possible. I do. Don't get it. There's even like, the, and certain vehicles are still marked up over sticker price. Like I'm like, how in the world? Like I feel like everyone's just kind of holding on. Well, we've got a like, you know, 150,000 people currently on strike because they're like. I want more wages. And, and this the is what we do. And that is because they're not having enough money. <laughs> but this is what we do. Month. Like, we kind of just give them the money. Well, and this is how we're, we're messed, right? Like, we're, we're, we're super messed up, right? Like, all we do is the government is on, like, one hand over here. We're like, all right, CMHC, let's kind of jack the rates. Let's make sure people don't spend anymore. And then the government's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give everyone a bunch of money. It's like, those are, they're, they're literally antithetical or whatever what it like they're 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 working in opposition but this is just this weird thing that we do um so like we're going to give people more money and maybe that'll help but then that'll also screw the inflate like i i don't know i don't know what do you where do you think rents are going to go rents have to stop here for the same reason like you're talking about your friends like oh they just keep spending it's like well at a certain point there's no more money in the account i know you hang out with some people who have limitless money in the account <laughs> and that's a you know that's that's it's a, a whole different problem. Until, until mommy and daddy <laughs> says, you know, stop it, then then yeah, they they have a long runway. But let's operate in the normal realm yeah, yeah, of the yeah, world. Yeah. The people who are frivolous, eventually, those things but, have but a max. My, my point is, are they going to get caught in hot water? I think all the time for yeah. myself, I'm like, am I going to get caught in hot water? Like I'm buying these, like I bought a house and I did all these things. And I'm like, man, like if it stopped coming in, like you know what I mean? Like oh, totally, man. Like there's an element of that, uh, and and because you think about how many first time home buyers were in this market. But have you have you not changed your spending habits at all? Uh, yeah, I yeah. ask you as you just came back from Costa Rica. <laughs> what, let me see your watch first. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I have changed my spending habits a bit. I am in a different business where I've benefited uh, from the growth of the market a lot. And I feel like I've always been fairly prudent on how much I have relative to how much I spend. Um, but I feel it on a monthly basis. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are doing it. And if you're saying that, like, hey, I'm someone who like actually reaps some of the benefits of this up market and I'm changing my spending habits... I think you have to think uh, as a whole across the market. I think people, people are being are... forced to change their spending habits. Mm. I guess, is it enough and is it quick enough? And like some things you just can't change. Like once you own a vehicle in a home, those are not things that you can just be like, oh, I don't own yeah. them anymore. Especially with vehicles. Vehicles are hard to sell, not at a loss. Yeah. The tricky thing is the compounding nature of it. It's like people are like, well, it's not a big deal. Like I'll just, uh, I'm struggling over here. So I'm going to dip into this line of credit over here. It's like, well, the reason you're struggling over there is because you had a debt payment, and now you've created a new debt payment. So it is compounding, and that's the slippery slope, right? Like people often stop too late, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to stop now. It's like the Once problem the shit is, already hit the fan. like, yeah, if you had stopped back then, you could just, you know, then just manage the existing debt. But because you took on the secondary debt to take care of the first one, like this Peter and Paul scenario that you've created, like now it is too big right like there's going to so, be some some challenge with that for sure so people who need to cut spending if they're in too expensive a vehicle they're going to sell their vehicle if they're in too expensive of a home they're going to sell their home 
a rental situation. Those would be the last things they do, but yeah. And a rental situation. Where where do you go? Like if you like rents are just so the rental situation, it, it has to plateau. Like and I, again, I'm focusing here hyper locally. And there are other areas of the country where there's probably still some crazy runway on this because there's just a lot of people that have a lot of money here locally. I just don't think our local market can support the any higher than these rents. There's I really a lot don't of people think... that have a lot of money, but we saw the average incomes in Toronto. And they have a big market of people that have a lot of money, but they also have a massively insane like amount of luxury rentals available that I guarantee you outweigh the amount of people that are actually technically qualified to go into those units. Yeah. And people are renting them. I even see it, but and it's not because they're like, oh, I want a luxury unit. It's because that's the only unit that's available. Yeah. I think also... And, and then the, the polarization of like what your other option is. Well, what's going to be interesting too is like, will there just be a like an alternative approach to it like okay the rents won't change but you're going to see more roommate situations and you're going to see all of this stuff come into play um mm. could you see a lot more of that in toronto and bigger markets period like you see three people live in a flat together in new york that's just how they live that's what they're used to same thing in, in london and these are people who aren't like 21 it's their first place at a university these are people who are 27 and like Speaking that's how they which, live how many bedrooms do you have in your house are any of them vacant? <laughs> <laughs> You're moving in. <laughs> no, I already have more house guests than I need. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think, I think people are already making the adjustments. I guess it's it's a question of how many people will be too far gone and then what will be the repercussions of that. I it's don't also think it's their fault that, also. Like, on a flip side, I, anything I've said here, I don't think by any means it's, it's completely irresponsible by these people. Uh, first of all, we've had good times for a long period of time. Additionally, everything indicated that we were going to maintain the good times rolling for at least another year or two before things started to cool off. Yeah. Uh, and I think things changed kind of against the direction that we were expecting in advance. So I think if you're catching yourself in the situation, I don't think it was necessarily your wrongdoing, uh, but it's more just like it's a response to what's going on in the world today. Yeah. I think the other thing we need to be mindful of is that the people probably most at risk, a lot of them, and we, we focus probably unfairly most of the attention on people who own homes, right? Yep. Like, if you own a home, you have a bigger vote with all things than if you don't. That that is reality. And and uh, what do you mean? I mean, the media pays more attention to you. The politicians pay more attention to you because you pay more tax dollars. You have more at stake, and you have more of the nation's net worth. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm actually mm -hmm. kind of saying it's it's sort of wrong, but it is the truth, right? Like, so we're here talking about, oh, what about the people who have mortgages? What about the people who have mortgages? To some degree, they are more insulated than people who don't have mortgages and don't have houses. It's, a, it's an irony, right? Like you've got that big expense, but let's talk about those renters who have the equivalent of a mortgage payment in but a lot of cases, don't have any equity. but have zero equity. It's not like, like, oh man, I can't afford this apartment. Well, I'll sell it and I'll get my $30,000 back. It's like, no, no, like you move out and it costs you money to move out. And you're still feeling all the other same things, like the personal line of credit, the the credit cards, the food, all, all, the car, mm -hmm. right? Like, so we're here being like, oh my gosh, these poor homeowners, and they were getting all the attention, but they're at least more insulated than the people who don't have a home. I mean, there's some people that the home is the thing that is the, the anvil, it's the albatross draining them down, but that's still not the case for most, right? At least not in this rental market. Like there was a time like, oh my gosh, let's definitely sell this house because that four thousand dollar a month mortgage payment is is killing you, 
and you can go over here and rent an apartment for fifteen hundred, and my gosh, there you go. Mm-hmm. But right now, where it's like, okay, let's get rid of that four hundred thousand dollar mortgage payment and slide you into this three thousand dollar a month apartment, and you have no equity. Like that's not um, an easy substitute, right? But um, yeah, I, I do do think the people that have the houses are still better off than the other. Which, of course, if if you want to take your doom and gloom perspective, is like, oh my gosh. If 30% of the people who have mortgages are in real hot water, then all the people that don't have mortgages, like, they must be in more hot water. Maybe even then they realize, because I guess they don't have any big mortgage expense, but they must be struggling to save. Like, they've got to be headed towards some sort of debt fiasco of their own. Yeah, yes and no. I just think as a whole, in general, majority of people's income versus what it costs to live is just not making sense to me. And I look outside and I'm like, wow, there's pretty much all new vehicles and <clears throat> like restaurants still seem to fill up. I feel like airlines are still selling out their planes. I still feel like homes are selling. And I'm like, how in the world is this working? Mm-hmm. And I that, question that's, for you. that's where my thing is. Hit me up. You're someone who has rented recently, despite yeah. owning multiple properties. Yep. Right now, yep. would you rather be a renter or a homeowner that got a mortgage? Um, at, uh, you know, start off, uh, that's on a variable mortgage? It's not a fair question to ask because I like renting. That is a fair question to ask. Okay, well, it's a fair question, but, like, I, I'd rather be renting, personally. I, I don't like, I think it messes with my head, like, the idea of having all this worth tied up in your home. And so, for me, I'm already invested in the real estate market, so I don't feel the need to try and make mm-hmm. money on the real estate market through my personal home, and I don't feel as secure in the values of personal as in residential real estate as I do in investment real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I think I say to a lot of people who are getting into investing, I'm like, yeah, buy your first duplex and triplex and just go rent an apartment. Like you get a bit of cash flow from both of those and put it towards your apartment and you're still exposed to the market. So you get the gains on it, but you can control what's going on because you have income that's going to cover it versus having a residential home. I don't have income that's going to cover it. I can't do anything with that income. Like, I have to use my personal income to cover it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, it is more expensive than an apartment, right? Like, a mortgage payment on a basic home now, plus all the other expenses and the and the expenditures and maintenance and all this is is high. So, I don't think it's necessarily be, you're better off, but that's just my own personal thing of, like, I don't want to have to deal with the thought process of having to maintain a home. Um, and, and I don't like the idea that it can flip so much in value completely out of my control. That's the part that drives me right. nuts is... It's like, same thing with stocks. It drives me bonkers. I mean, I still invest in them because you need to be diversified, but it's really out of my control what goes on, right? So, but I do understand that in, in North America, it's it's proven to be a really strong way to save your money and get really great growth on your properties. Additionally, my other thought, like we're saying, is if the market's going to flatline and we're only going to see 3 or 4% gains on homes for 5, 10 years, there's a lot of other places you can put your money that will outpace that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's another thing for me. It's like I look at the consideration. And I'm like, hmm, like it's even why I rented last time. I was going to buy a condo and I was like, okay, I have to put down, especially with my income, I'm going to have to put down like 30, 40% um, to buy this thing. I then have to pay all the expenses that go along with it, which even if I take mortgage principal out of it, once I put condo fees, interest, yeah, utilities, yeah. <clears throat> anything like that into owning this spot, um, and then, because our condo market is, very, is pretty much flatlined here, I was like... It's going up now pretty good, though, but yeah. It is, but it depends on the price point. Yeah. Um, but then, when I go to sell this, like, I may not make any money. Additionally, I'm tied. Like, I cannot move. Mm-hmm. And I think 
that's another tough one. Like we talked about last episode is I feel like a lot of people that are young are quickly sizing up because their careers are moving up. They're having kids, they're getting a dog, they're wanting a bigger home. And so having to turn homes over every year or two, again, it was possible in the last three years, but the prior 30 years, that was not possible without taking a hit on your home. Yeah. Because once you factor in the cost to buy the home, so you're going to have all your de-transfer taxes and everything there, and then the cost to sell the home, plus any maintenance you put into it, you need the home to go up at least 10 to 15% in a year or two to be able to make money, which has never happened here before. Yeah. And so for me, I'm just like, I'm not a super huge person that's like, you have to own a home. Yeah, I sell homes and I think they're a great investment. I think they fit for a lot of people's needs and I think you get a lot more out of a home than you do in a rental apartment. But I don't think it's a be all end all and I don't necessarily think it's the best way to make money. And you, again, like, Real estate is an amazing way to make money and probably the most millionaires are made from real estate. But like there are a ton of other alternative options. Follow-up question. Yeah. As a tenant, how much should you tip your landlord? So tips, I, <laughs> I put it on, on our thing as an automatic when you sign the lease. It says an automatic 18% gratuity is taken. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's reasonable. So... Yeah, and we so we just auto withdraw that. Yeah, no one's really yeah. ever said anything to it. No, I think if anything, they're like, "Oh my gosh, can I put a little extra?" And on technically, here? the tip isn't uh, bound by the rent cap because they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah, that's and so it's. I've explained to them where expenses have gone, and now we're at thirty five percent tip on all yeah. rents. Yeah. Um, that's great. So yeah, but I'm Love I'm good on tipping. <laughs> yeah, but now to see it. It uh, yeah. So and I I think you might see a model that goes that way too. That's the other thing I'm like realizing as I've gone out and bought a lot of crap that i thought i wanted like yeah i still want this stuff but i don't want to deal with everything that goes along with it and i think our world's going more that way so i think like renting apartments on a big deal i think car share programs make a lot of sense boat share programs make a lot of sense plane share programs make a lot of sense like there's a lot of those things and i know and people are like this sounds ludicrous but like plane share in bigger cities that have frequent flights between certain cities you can get like private jet you've probably all seen the headline stuff you can get private jet tickets for like three to 500 bucks, which we already pay to go to Toronto. Yeah. Right. But our route's not busy enough where they can have a hundred percent guaranteed occupancy in that. And you, maybe you pay a membership to be a part of it, which can be expensive, 10, 15 grand, but it's a much elevated experience. And I'd probably rather do that than gamble on the price of a ticket every time I go to Toronto and get stuck in a shitty seat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like those, those, those programs. And the only thing is if you're renting all the other stuff, putting together cash probably is a little bit easier and you will have the cash to put into those memberships. So, um, yeah, yeah it's I a long way to answer. Sometimes, like, oh man, like, um, and having this stuff, I I was liking it to, I had a golf membership, and it was great. Mm-hmm. I don't really like golf, so I should have thought that through a bit more. Uh, and I didn't have time. Right, yeah. I just got five hours to freaking walk around. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, especially with our market. As, as we sit here for six hours to record a thirty-minute podcast <laughs> <laughs> every um, single day of the week. Um, <clears throat> but the thing that it, it tied me to that course. And so my buddies would be like, hey, man, do you want to play this course? I'm like, oh, I can't. I got, I'm playing this course over here, right? And to some degree, that's how I feel about my house sometimes, where I'm like over here, I'm doing all of this stuff to other properties. I'm like, damn, man, like I got my house. My house needs some attention and like I need to get my pool ready and all this stuff. But because I have our pool, it's like, oh, we don't need a membership to this club because my pool is like, that all sounds great. But um, there's just, yeah, there's just never seems to be enough time to thoroughly enjoy what you have, but then also sometimes the things that you have end up almost being like an albatross. Whereas like, if you're a member of car share, you could drive many different vehicles only when you mm-hmm. needed them. Right. And that's kind of like, what's the better, better a membership or an ownership 
a timeshare versus owning something. The whole point like, of making money, every mm-hmm. single person we ever asked on here, why are you doing it? They said they want freedom. They want their time. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it ends up getting sucked up because you, you like I said, buy the house, buy the boat, buy the cars, yeah. buy the this, do all these trips. And you're like, I actually have no time. What am I doing this for? So that's yeah. just a complete aside from where we started. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, those are some interesting questions. Um, Did you just love your boat? Is your boat in the water yet? Uh, no, I put it in the water there uh, two weeks ago. Didn't start, and I found some broken bits in the back, so I gotta get those fixed. But uh, I think I yeah. might sell this, this this smaller one because I got a little a little jet boat, and I'd like to get a proper uh, wake boat. But I need to get all my projects done, cleared. I want to know that I'm in the clear and everything's running stably and smooth before I make any purchases. But this I summer I will be that. buying a wake boat. Is is at least the plan. But same thing. I'm already like frig, man. I'm gonna have to be towing this thing around. I mean, I'll leave it behind my house when I'm at home, but I'm already like, people are like, oh, I'll bring it to this lake, bring it to that lake. And I'm like, I don't even own the thing yet. And I'm already signing up to be pulling this thing out of the water. And also being like, do I even want to be at this house? Like, I don't want to, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, so I'm going to tow it. And then at the end of the night, do I want to sleep at this person's house? No, I want to go back to mine. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, uh, this all started with 30% of mortgages or over 30 year AMs. Yeah. You don't seem I as mean, concerned I'm as I'm gonna, feeling. I'm still going to double check that, but. I'm going to call RBC and be like, hey guys, I'm just. Like, would you like to make any deposits or changes yeah. to your account today, sir? And Teller's like, or Trainer's like, no, I would like to know the ratio of your mortgage yeah. is over 30 years. Please and thank you. Um, <clears throat> and also, like, that number is going to continue to slide because no one's, no, not much new money is going variable. Um, but man, it, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thought. And I think it sparks some other conversations about the other way think people are going to handle that and how it's going to react. What do you think? Have you checked into your mortgage? Do you know what you are? I'm going to check mine and be like, damn, man, I think I'm all interested on this thing. Uh, <laughs> comment below. Again, as always, please share this to your social media. If you're getting any enjoyment, just send it to a friend who you think might also like it. We really appreciate that. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks so much for watching the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, press like. Don't forget to subscribe. But also check us out on Instagram and TikTok. You can find all the links below. Thanks again for checking us out. Broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh.